Welcome to Taking Notes with NextGen Venture Partners, where we have interesting conversations with entrepreneurs and innovators in the NextGen investing ecosystem. I'm your host, Dan Mindis. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. My guest today is Obi Omile, co-founder and CEO of The Cut, which is a platform for people to find barbers and for barbers to manage their business with bookings, payments, CRM, and more. NextGen Venture Partners is a proud investor in The Cut, which has seen very strong traction with limited invested capital. Obi and I discussed the business of the barbershop, the culture of barbershops and communities of color, and the benefits of bringing a new technology solution into the equation. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Obi, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Let's start with what is the cut? <laughs> the cut. The cut is building the greatest platform that's ever existed for the men's grooming industry. And then we're also building an all-new way for barbers to build their business in the 21st century. So you are building something for barbers on the one hand, you're building something for people who get their hair cut on the other. I'd love to dive into each of those categories. Let's start with the customers. What does the cut do for them? So as a customer, think about whenever you need a new barber or stylist, maybe think about like traditionally how you've gone about discovering that individual. Traditionally, you either ask your friend, you do a Google search, or you stop somebody on the street who has a great haircut, and then you ask them who they went and saw, right? And so all of those three options, really, there's a lot of, I guess, room for error or room for things to go wrong because you don't find the right barber or stylist for you. And so with the cut, what we do is we make it super easy for you to discover a barber just by opening up our app and looking for barbers near you. And we can display individual barbers anywhere around the country. You then have the opportunity to check out the barber's profile, look at their images, their portfolio, their actual services, what they're charging. And we give you complete insight into that individual barber's business so that you can make a better and more confident decision about the person that you want to go and see. Awesome. Give us a sense of the scope of that. How many people are looking for barbers or booking appointments now through the cut? So like over the last five years now, we have grown to very close to 2.5 million users in total. We'll hit that 2.5 mark like in the second half of this month. And in total, we booked over just 25 million appointments and we're booking more than a million appointments a month. So we have about half a million clients every month booking appointments through the platform with barbers that they either discovered through our app or that they had pre-existing um, but we're just a much better experience in terms of like booking your next haircut versus texting your barber. So for the person who's looking for that haircut, there's a discovery element, there's a booking element. As you think over the horizon, what are some other product extensions that you might have for the person getting the haircut? Like you mentioned right now, you have discovery, you have the ability to book. We also give the ability for you to pay through the platform as well. So it's a very Uber-like experience. You know, you can add your card on file, go in, get your haircut, leave. And all you have to do beforehand is set your tip amount and you don't never have to touch your wallet or have to worry about how much you're going to tip on the spot because um, you can think about that all beforehand. So payments are another big thing that we've offered and we've actually seen payment volume actually grow much faster than we were initially expecting this year so far. So we're fairly excited about that. In addition to payments, customers have the ability to leave reviews, a few of the things that we're thinking right now are loyalty campaigns. It's something that we have in our pipeline. 
and then even beyond loyalty campaigns, e-commerce, that's the next big opportunity because we don't want to just help you discover the barber. We want to be able to help you discover the products you use during your haircut or the products that help you maintain your style and then also help you figure out where you want to buy those products as well. So we think there's an opportunity to be that like one-stop solution. And yeah, that's kind of what the roadmap looks like for us in terms of what we customers can do on the cut. Well, I think that's a good transition to what you do for the barbers. And we can start maybe with the e-commerce component because the barbers play a role in recommendations. And then there's probably some monetization opportunities for the barbers as part of that. Absolutely. Like when you think about salons, like so additionally salons will already have like 20% of their revenue makeup or so come from product sales. However, barbers don't necessarily have that as part of their revenue mix because they haven't really had the infrastructure set to date. And so what we want to do is we want to, we want to build a marketplace where we can essentially enlist these individual barbers around the country as salespeople. And then the benefit to them is that every time they recommend a product, they'll earn a commission on the product that are sold. So like if they tell their customer or their client, hey, after this haircut, you need to buy this mousse here to apply your hair every night or to apply every morning before you go out. And that customer goes to the app, purchases it through their barber's digital presence or digital store. Then that barber earns a little bit of money on his end as well. And this way now barbers to earn more money doing no additional work at all. So Obi, when it comes to what you're doing for the barbers, we talked about a few things. We talked about accepting payments, taking bookings, moving into product recommendations, flesh out what else are you doing or how would you describe in addition to that what you're doing for the barbers today? We want to really essentially be the OS for a barber in a barbershop. So we want a barber to be able to come to us, use us to run their schedule and their calendar, optimize their seat capacity and usage. Then we want want to also process payments, which we are. We want to also help them run their accounting and run their books and file for taxes. And we want to be that one-stop shop again for barbers so that everything they want to do to run their business, because they're all entrepreneurs. And we want to make sure that they can run their individual businesses as efficiently as possible. So that's kind of what our initial roadmap looks like for barbers in terms of like services and value that we're planning offering. And as of right now, we're focused incredibly on the booking and payments piece. And then we'll start working on accounting over the next 12 months as we start to get deeper into the payment step. So let's fast forward even beyond 12 months. You've nailed payments. You've nailed accounting services, which is, as we are in tax season now, I think is a pain for everyone, particularly in a business that at least historically has been largely cash. But let's look beyond that. Let's look to 24, 36 months out. You talked about this vision of being the OS for the barber, for the barber shop. What are some of the other elements of that OS over the longer term? One of the things that we're working on right now is a shop version of our platform. So today we work only primarily for barbers, and that's individual barbers because the industry is comprised of these independent contractors, whereas there are barbershop owners, and they have not been our initial focus of the customer type. But we are now spending some time because we've gotten to a point where if we reach more shop owners, we can, of course, expand out and have more barbers overall on our platform, right? And so that's one thing that we're building out is basically a shop-level admin tool where barbershop owners can run their business as well. And so what that does is that it allows us to have our hand in the entire barbershop experience. And so 
things that we want to offer around more infrastructure around payments between barbers and the shop owner. Like when you think about booth renting, building out the contract infrastructure for barbers so that they can operate more efficiently, putting in POS system into barber shops. We want to make it super easy for shop owners to discover other barbers when they're looking to fill seats because they don't really have the infrastructure for that today. There's a bunch of things that we think that we can do to just help barbers run their business better. And then on the other end of that, we think e-commerce will have a strong presence in our business as we have a deeper marketplace with more robust products around like the full grooming experience, whether that be hair care products, skincare products, or like fragrances, but then also building out barbers facing products or supplies. Like we've had talks around like purchasing some clipper companies and getting in that field as well. So there's a bunch of things that we have on our roadmap. We'll just spend the time focusing on, on what makes the most sense with the least amount of effort. So, And you talked about some of the numbers with respect to bookings and users. How about the numbers with respect to barbers themselves? So, so far, we've signed up over 80,000 barbers around the country. Um, today, we have about eight to 10,000 active barbers on a monthly basis, including some of those who just started their trial. And so, yeah, that's kind of where we have penetration nationally in terms of where they are. Like all around the country, our most active markets are going to be like California and Texas. And then like those secondary markets would be like Atlanta, D.C., tri-state area or D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Then we got like New York, Ohio, Chicago. Those are kind of like our next like level of market size. And this is funny because we have some barbers in like Japan or like Puerto Rico, Canada, even one was in Ukraine. We noticed once. We have big plans to go international, and that's something that we have on our roadmap as well. We're just making sure, you know, again, you do it when the time is right. Timing is everything. You talked just a moment ago about your geographic footprint. I'd love to turn to a different kind of footprint, which is that you started with a focus on barbers who serve communities of color. And I'm curious if you can tell the, the broad audience, what should people know about those kinds of operations, the people who work there? I mean, I'd start off with saying the importance of barbershops and community of color. I mean, for decades, even centuries, like barbershops have always been those gathering places where predominantly people of color and men specifically had safe spaces where they could come in on conversations, like also getting a clean shave. It was like how you could restart your week. If you ever face any issues or if you need like nice little like confidence boost, going to that barbershop could help you resolve any of those problems and then allow you to come out feeling like ready to tackle the new day with that renewed confidence that comes with the haircut that I'm sure everyone has felt before. And so one of the big differences between like communities of color and other communities is that like their hair grows quicker but then also more visible whenever it starts to get unruly, right? Whenever it starts to grow longer. And so typically these communities go to get their haircut more often versus their counterparts where they might go like twice a month, uh, sometimes even weekly versus other demographics may go every six weeks or every eight weeks. And so because you go so often on both sides, the need is felt at a higher level. On the barber side, it's like trying to manage these appointments that are happening so often it's like it gets far too cumbersome for them to try to do by hand. Like especially when you have two, three, or four hundred clients who are trying to book with you twice a month. That's like eight hundred appointments that you're trying to schedule by hand. So you need software solution to help you do that. 
But then on the other end, like a customer side, like you're trying to go this afternoon, you're trying to find the right time in your work schedule, you're trying to text them, get response back so you can plan the rest of your day or weekend. And so by just providing a more streamlined solution, I think we're able to solve that problem. So you just mentioned the Cuts software as a replacement for scheduling using paper and pencil. And that is still the status quo for many, many barbershops throughout the country. How do you bring the barbers along to a software solution when they're currently using technology that's hundreds of years old? <laughs> for sure. That's actually what we're working on now. So like, I'll be able to give you a much better answer as a retrospective in a couple weeks to months. But it's a lot of education. One thing that we found is just like showing barbers why this is a better solution through case studies and examples of other barbers. And of course, allowed, showing them how much they can make more. Showing them how much time that they've wasted or that they can waste texting customers or clients. Showing them that we are a better platform for discovery because there are some barbers who, like you said, have been doing pen and paper the most prehistoric way. But then there are also some barbers who have been able to put together a good website. So they're a little bit more sophisticated or they're using some generalist booking tool. And so when we're faced with talking to those barbers and trying to convert them, our biggest sell is that we have a much stronger focus on barbers and barber shops, which allows us to build a brand that both barbers and customers can identify with. And because of that, we are able to drive more new customers to a barber through our platform. The barbers on our platform are able to get like one to two new clients a week. And that's off the strength of our organic search and 40% of clients who are like booking appointments with the new barber, discovering them through our platform. And so like, we'll tell them that's the big difference is that like, if you're trying to use something that's very web-based, people aren't going there for discovery. We're a platform now where we're rivaling, I guess, like I was doing some Google Trends data the other day, actually. And I saw that about like 45,000 or so monthly searches for like black or brown barber near me. And we already are doing about like 43,000 or so on our platform right now. So we're almost equating Google searches for new barbers. And so we're a better way to get discovered than the counterparts. When talking about bringing barbers onto your platform, you you mentioned there was an educational process there. There's also an educational process to become a barber in the first place, right? There's sort of required schooling and certification. How do you see the cut playing into that over time? I think there's a huge opportunity for us to connect aspiring barbers with experienced barbers, right? As you mentioned, when you talk about becoming a licensed barber, there is a schooling process where you have to do actual book work, but then also, of course, cut hair, X amount of hours determined by your state. But there's another avenue in terms of apprenticeship programs, which are basically twice the number of hours, but they'll require you to go into a barber school. Be able to just work within a barber shop under like a master barber who is like more or less responsible for you. And so then that way you're able to kind of like avoid the heavy cost of going to barber school and you're able to kind of like work and pay your bills and still train under a master barber. And so I think there's an opportunity for us to match those two types of barbers with the scale of our network. And I think that's the opportunity that we have is there to build a pipeline in which we're able to help barbers go from like, basically, like I said, we want to be the one-stop shop, right? So like if somebody says, hey, I want to be a barber, the cut can be that platform where we help you go from, hey, I want to be a barber to now I'm a licensed barber to now I'm a licensed barber who is now a registered business 
who can now operate and is fully licensed and can run the business and I can accept payments, can file their taxes. So that's our plan is to be that one-stop shop for all things barber-related. Last question, and it's one about you personally. How did you realize that you were an entrepreneur? I've always known I was an entrepreneur, actually. I just never knew exactly what I wanted to do as my business down the road. Like when I was younger, I was really interested in hotels. I really like hospitality. I guess I'm still kind of in the service industry, more or less. Fashion also was well when I was younger. I used to sell candy in high school, like buy boxes of candy, like Costco, whatever, and then go back and flip it. So I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so like basically like throughout my life, as I've worked at different jobs, it was always kind of about like acquiring skills that would make me a better entrepreneur someday. And this problem presented itself once I started building enough skills where I could help build a solution. And so I was then able to recruit like some really good people around me, one of my like best friends from high school. And we have both always talked about starting a business and we saw us an opportunity and we said, hey, yeah, solve a problem that we both had before. Obi, thanks so much for spending time with me today. No problem, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Taking Notes with Next Gen Venture Partners. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. To learn more about us or to hear all of our past podcasts, please go to nextgenvp.com. And now for some important disclaimers. The information contained in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to purchase any securities. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Any performance or projections contained herein may be significantly affected by future events. Any opinions, assumptions, assessments, statements, or the like regarding future events or which are forward-looking constitute only subjective views and beliefs, should not be relied on, and are subject to change due to a variety of factors, including fluctuating market conditions and economic factors.